to you from Byron, Mississippi. It's Lakeshore Church. And now we join Pastor Jay Frazier for today's message. We celebrate him coming, right? Amen? But I also remind you, I celebrate today that he's coming again. <laughs> the first time he came as a babe, wrapped in swaddling clothes, and they laid him in a manger. But the next time he comes, he's coming back King of kings and Lord of lords. So you're going to get excited about that. All right, 2 Timothy chapter number 3. Haven't we talked about this enough? I want to show you something today. I want you to think about how, how much of this scripture has to do with not being real. Being all caught up in something that doesn't amount to much of anything, and we pass it off as being realness. Verse number 1 through verse number 9, we find this in 2 Timothy chapter 3. But I know this, hard times will come in the last days. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, proud, demeaning, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, without love for what is good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasures rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness but denying its power. Avoid these people. How about that? For among them are those who worm their way into households and deceive gullible women, overwhelmed by sins and led astray by a variety of passions, always learning and never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so these also resist the truth. These are men who are corrupt in mind and worthless in regard to the faith. But they will not make further progress, for their foolishness will be clear to all, as was the foolishness of Janus and Jambres. All right, let's pray. We thank you, Lord. I'll simply ask God for my words to be yours and my thoughts to be yours. And every one of us would walk in obedience. I pray you raise up a realness in our midst. And we're not going to just play games and go through the motions but we will be real. People will know us by our colors. They'll know us by our faith. They'll know us by our walk that we show to others that name the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, bring glory and honor to yourself, and we'll praise you now and forevermore, for we ask it and pray it in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. amen. You may be seated. Thank you. As you're settling in, let me ask you something. This is, such a, this is such a generational question. But how many of you remember to tell the truth? You remember the show, uh, now, I'll tell you, I did some research and found out, and it came out in 1959. That just, that just took care of about 80% of the congregation right there, didn't it? I was born in 65. It's a year my mother will never, ever forget. But uh, so I had to see it in syndication. I would think it, it was syndicated later on in the years, and I found out it has 31 seasons now, to tell the truth. They've actually had some modernization of it. But, but I found this picture, and I don't know if this is the original uh, set of it, but this is the one I remember. And uh, I think I found some of them with black and white pictures and stuff like that. But uh, you remember how it went? The one over here on the, on the right side of the screen, there were three people and they came in and they just lied for 30 minutes. I mean, two of them just made up this story and they're very believable, you know. But the way the program would end, if you don't remember it, it's, you remember at the end of it, the, the guy that was the MC over it, he would say this question, would the real, and whatever name it was, please stand up? Well, that came to mind with putting this together because I believe with everything about me that God would desire this day and age, these last days that we're living in, before I believe the return, the ushering in of the Son of God and all kind of cataclysmic things are going to happen in the end time prophecies, I believe God is calling the child of God, the real child of God, to stand. Hmm. How familiar are you with Paul? Did you know Paul described a Christian in a very visual way? The vivid way, visual way, he gave us word pictures for what a child of God's supposed to look like. It's found in Ephesians chapter 6. 
And it's known as the whole armor of God. And there's six characteristics that he described there that should sum up each one of us in Jesus Christ. That's pretty good stuff, isn't it? Don't you wish preachers could do that a lot quicker than I can? But in these six things, I just want to share with you. And in modern terms, I want you to know, you know, it's like the first one is you have your loins girded with truth. <laughs> Basically, that was a belt that you put on. In other words, whatever you put on, make sure that you tie it down. Make sure you tighten it up with truth. Hmm. That's some good stuff there. There's a breastplate of, breastplate of righteousness. You're having shoes or sandals on a piece, the gospel of peace. Having a shield of faith. So that you can handle them when the darts from the enemy come, that you'll have something to be able to stand on. You gotta have faith, a shield. You gotta have a helmet of salvation. <laughs> That's the most critical part. I don't know how many times I've been there. You ever been there? Please don't be a, think I'm playing on emotion, but I'll tell you what I think about the helmet of salvation real quick. Like, why is the helmet of salvation so important? Because I've been there when everything else was working, but they came in and the, and the tests say that they're brain dead. God wants us to remind us that there's nothing more important to the life that we have than salvation. Amen? You're not going anywhere today if you're not saved. <laughs> uh, that's what God wants. And then the last one, I talk about it often, I talked about it last week, was the sword of the Spirit. In these six items, that's the only offensive weapon. The rest of them are defensive. The rest of them are taking care of us. All of a sudden, God gave us his word for us to be on the offensive. I love that. I really do. You hear it often from me. And in this passage, the reason I share that with you, you say, what's that have to do with standing and being real? Yeah, I understand that armor thing and being a soldier. But I want to show you something that's just tucked away when Paul was writing in verse number 13 in the first part of 14 about Ephesians. Right before he gets into all of the, what, those six things, this is what he says. For this reason, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having prepared everything to take your stand, watch this, stand therefore. How about that? God's called us to stand. If I'd say there's one thing that really concerns me today, Man, I'm telling you, the redeemed of the Lord ought to say so. When somebody tells you to sit down, I think you ought to stand up that much more. You know, the little boy was told to be quiet over and over and over. Mom and dad did it. The teachers did it. He said, I'm going to be quiet, but I just want y'all to know I'm screaming my lungs out on the inside. <laughs> well, God's called us to do more than scream on the inside. He's called us to stand and to speak the truth and what we stand for. I really believe it, especially this day and age. So would the real child of God please stand? I'll give you some aspects of this thing of being real, okay? Number one is this. Uh, know what you believe. That's huge today. I think we, oh, preach, I know you're going to tell me the truth. Or maybe there's a teenager, someone that age group says, I know my mom and dad are going to tell me the truth and what I believe. But what do you believe? See, Peter was doing some, some writing and he, he, he took this subject up. In verse number 15 of 1 Peter chapter 3, he said this. He said, but in your hearts regard Christ. The Lord is holy. In other words, inside of you, have a relationship with God. You with me? But then he goes further. It, it, it's not just this, this thing that I got something on the inside. I'm in the secret service, you know, calling of God. You can have it on the inside, but there's got to be something where we exhibit on the outside. Y'all hear it often. Listen to this. Watch this. Ready at any time to give an offense to anyone who asked you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Hmm? I've heard people say, I don't know if I believe it. Well, I hope today in the next few minutes you'll understand one thing, that I believe it. Amen? That I can be able to give the reason for the hope that lies within me. I'm not perfect. And I, you, don't, you can amen that, it don't matter. It's, it's the truth. I'm not perfect, but I know a perfect one. And I know him personally. 
And I'm assured for heaven as if I was already there because I believe it and I have a hope in that. I believe. I truly do. What do you believe? Can you right now articulate to someone else? Can you give them the reason for the hope that lies within you? See, the thing that needs to be captured is, and I always think about that hymn comes to mind. I didn't say it's the first service. You ask me how, the, the hymn is he lives, and the, part of the chorus says, you ask me how I know he lives, he lives within my heart. I would tell you today that if you don't know Christ or you doubt you do, you never had experience with the Christ and come to know him personally, I guarantee you some of this can be foolishness and foreign to you. But my encouragement is you, is you chase him and you find him because you'll understand what it is when you experience it. I can help you, by the way. We have a staff that can help you. We have people here that can help you because we've experienced for ourselves. What do you believe? Hmm. See, I love the song by Hillsong called This I Believe. We've actually sung it. The choir sung it in years past. We've, we've actually sung it as a congregational uh, selection before. But in that song, the chorus says, I believe in God our Father. Do you? Do you believe there's a heavenly Father that we're going to stand in front of one day and give an account? How about that? You believe it? Uh, there's a lot of stuff we need to affirm this stuff. I don't think I quite heard that as much as we should in the house of God. Do we believe in God our Father? Thank you. Amen. Amen. Facebook just got excited. Do you believe in Jesus the Christ? Mm, how about that? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Do you believe the God three in one, the chorus says? Do you believe? Someone said, Brother Jay, it's not a big deal if I don't believe in that Jesus is deity. Yes, it is. And I just want to give you one of many, but I'll give you one reason. I think the paramount reason that he must be deity is because if he's not deity, then his blood is no different than mine, and therefore it is not a substitute for mine, and I am still in my sin today. Hmm, it's pretty good stuff. Some say, what about that Old Testament where they were doing all that sacrificing? Well, if you go break it down, Paul did some great writing in this. All that was in the Old Testament was pointing to the spotless Lamb of God that was coming. And the spotless Lamb of God has come, and he did pay sin's debt, and you and I can take him at his offer. And we can have hope today because we know the blessed hope of glory. Hmm. Pretty good stuff. See, we believe three in one. We also believe in the resurrection. Do you believe in it? <laughs> because he lives. As he told Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth him, though he dies, yet shall he live. You know what he said to Martha then? Do you believe it? It comes down to belief. Continues on. It's pretty neat. Uh, for I believe in the, in the resurrection. I believe that we're going to rise again. I love that in that part of that song. And then he says, I believe in the name of Jesus. I believe there's only certain things that can happen in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I believe we pray in that name. I, the reason we do is because there's power in that name. He has a name above all names. And at that name, every knee's going to bow and every tongue's going to confess. How about that? Oh, the name of Jesus. Oh, I like it. An oldie for some of us, you say, well, I'm not into that contemporary music. And I like those lyrics, but I don't like the rhythm. Well, this might fit you. Gloria Gaither wrote a song, one of my favorites. I have it on my plate, my whatever, Apple tunes, whatever I have on my phone and other places. Let's do it a lot. This is what I said. And see, some of you, know, I just got something wrong. I know I said something wrong because all of the millennials and the Gen Zs are laughing. That's how I know. I'm old and I admit it. I don't know. Y'all fix me afterwards, okay? But whatever I listen to, it's on there. Song by Gloria Gaither is entitled, I Believe in a, a Hill Called Mount Calvary. Amen? I believe monumental, paramount things happen on that hillside where the lifeblood of Jesus, the Son of God, deity, though he was man, was poured out for you and me. Hmm. 
I believe. Max Delcato said it well. He said it this way. He said, our belief in God is not just blind faith. Belief is having a firm conviction something is true, not hoping it's true. Uh, I saw that. I thought that's too good not to mention. One more I want to mention before I move to the second thing about being real is this. I want to say publicly, and I'm, I don't say this to cause a, but we just need to hear it. You know what's going to be neat about walking down through heaven? Is everybody got there either in the past of the sacrificial system of belief of Jesus was coming and therefore garnered that away because they helped on the law. But all of us present day, we all got there the same way. It wasn't church membership. It wasn't denomination. It wasn't even doctrine and theology except for this one is that was a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what's going to be so neat. Isn't it going to be neat? We could walk through Lakeshore and say, how'd you get here? Well, I saw Brother Jay on TV. How'd you get here? Somebody invited me. How'd you get here? Well, I just pulled in the parking lot one day looking for the church. How'd you get here? Mom and dad drugged me there. Had a drug problem. They drugged me to church. And then it's going to be neat when we get to heaven. So how'd you get here? You don't need to ask that question because we all got there the same way. But listen to me, church. This is what will motivate you to be Jesus to someone this week. Is it someone in your life that doesn't know Jesus? They're not getting there any other way but coming to know him. Jesus is the only way to the Father, John 14, 6. I, I want to get real with you. Know what you believe. Secondly, know where you belong. <clears throat> I want to announce to you that each of us belong. Well, Brother Jay, I don't have the gifts you have, and I don't have the gifts the choir has, and I don't have the gifts the musical people have, and I don't have the gifts that people have of teaching and all those kind of things, but we all belong in the body of Christ. We're all members of one body, but members in particular. In Christ, we all belong. But you know what? Another aspect, I don't think I've ever preached this before. It came to me putting this together. You know where we all belong? Is that Jesus never, and what I, what I notice in the scripture, Jesus never left someone where he found them. Let that sink in. He never left someone. Now, they could choose not to go with him. They could choose their own way, and they could leave grieve like the rich young ruler. But on and on, not one person did Jesus encounter when he was on this earth left them where he found them. Give me some examples quickly. This is, this is pretty neat. He said to some, follow me. <laughs> we know that with the disciples. He said to the woman at the well, go get your husband. <laughs> don't you love that? She's been reading her mail. She said, I don't have a husband. He said, you did it right. You, you said it right. You've had five of them. And the one you're living with, you ain't married to. Go get your husband. Because that opened the door for her to get where she needed to get to. How about that? Never leaves us where he finds us. Hmm. He said to one, go tell others. He said to another one, go, go, go wash. He said to another, go pick, pick up your bed and walk. Hmm. For us, when we were lost, God moves us to salvation. He knocks on our door so that we can come to know Christ our Savior. Hmm. If you're saved, God moves you to grow. How we ever sold this bill of goods to people that when we get saved, we just exist until God calls us home. If you're saved today, I want you to encourage you to grow in the Lord. Get in God's word. Get in a salt and light group. Get in church more so that you can grow off to be what God needs you to be. Amen? Let me tell you what else. One more. If you have an issue of life, God calls you to himself. I love it. Peter wrote it this way that you and I can cast all our cares on Jesus because he cares for us. He doesn't even leave us there when there's issues of life going on. He brings us to points of giving it to him, giving it to him. Why do we have an altar? So that we can give it to the Lord, so that we can grow off the way we need to. Know where we belong. Hmm, good. Jesus never leaves us the same place. You want me to give you the ultimate? <laughs> you know where we're moving to? 
He's moving us to eternity. Hmm? Don't, shouldn't we want to belong to the point that I am fully furnished and I'm walking in all the light that I need to walk in when he calls me home? Hmm. What assurance. Know where you belong. And listen, one more. Be real. Know how you're beloved. That's a King's English word. But the point is, know how you are loved. Beloved. Hmm. Listen, I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures today that bless my heart. First John chapter number 3, verses 1 and 2. Uh, we find this. I love it, love it, love it. So see what great love the Father has given us that we should be called God's children. Hmm. God loves you so much that he's allowed you to be called his child. Think about the way that reads. People miss that. We didn't have to be. We didn't have to be. We could have been called in-laws <laughs> or outlaws or whatever. God chose for us to think of ourselves as children. Hmm. I have a place setting at the table of God. How about that? Hmm. We'll talk about residence in a minute. It keeps on. And, then, and we are. <laughs> we are. The reason the world does not know us is it didn't know him. The next time you meet some fruit loop hmm, that likes fruitcake, next time somebody looks at you strangely, they see you praying over your food publicly. Or they say you're taking a stand. You say something like this in a public setting. I'm dependent on the Lord. And people scoff and they roll their eyes. Do like that. Just remember they did it to Jesus. <laughs> and I'd rather somebody have a problem with me and God not have them to get over there and God have a problem with the stand I didn't take for him. I'm his child. Jesus said things like this. They hated me and they're going to hate you. I used to wonder. I said, nobody hates me. I'm going to tell you something. We're getting closer. Huh? The stands we take and the way we've watered things down and we take a stand that Jesus is the only way. Oh, yeah. There's hate going on now. You mean to tell me good dogs and good people don't go to heaven? No. Blood-bought people go to heaven that have participated in the offer. And we are. Dear friends, we are not God's children now. Listen, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet been revealed. Watch this now. But we know. We know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him as he is. Hmm. Who's he coming back for? He's coming back for children. Hmm. He's coming back for family. See, we, we struggle with all this. You mean he's not coming back for everybody? No, everybody doesn't know him. Hmm. See, this, this is really the tough part. This is where it's not really good acceptance as a pastor, but it's truth out of God's word. To know him is to have a relationship with him. And we go from there. Hmm. So we belong we're also loved. Listen, John chapter 4, verse 1 through 4 says this, Let not your heart be troubled if you believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. I like mansions better than rooms. huh? I think a room in heaven is going to be better than a mansion over here, by the way. Hmm. <laughs> if you believe in God, believe also in me. See, understand, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Listen to this. Think about this for you individually in Jesus. I go to prepare a place for you. Right now, there's a, pair, a place being prepared. It might already be done and have your name on it because you don't have long. I, I want to tend to think mine's just in the stud and sheetrock part, you know? <laughs> I still got a while. But he's preparing a place for you. And listen, either through the death veil 
or through the rapture of the church, if you know Jesus Christ, one of these days your name's going to be called and the death angel's going to appear and you're going to be ushered into the presence of Almighty God that you'll ever be there forever with him. You know why that is? Because God loves you. Hmm. God loves you. See, I am loved. <laughs> no matter what you've done, you're loved. Now, you might, you might reject that love, and you might go do your own thing, but nothing, as Paul wrote in Romans, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Wow, good stuff. Here's where I want to wind down. Listen to this. Uh, I've already said this one is about being real. Two, two more. Two more sermons, I, I said earlier. We're going to talk about ready next week and then steady two weeks from now. And so we think about this in the Christmas season and all that's going on in our world, even the last day emphasis that we've been doing, there's a need for you and me to be real. Hmm. Real. I've even said, I came up with this and, and I sent it to the media folks. It's going to be up there and you're going to see it and you go, what the world? Where are we going now? But this is what I call it. A lot of what's going on today instead of real is fluff, stuff, and rough. Now let me unpackage this. If you go, I took my Bible, and you see it after church you'd like to, the nine verses here in 2 Timothy chapter 3, every characteristic of the end times of people, I wrote F, S, or R back. Some of them have all three of the letters back because it applies so well. There's a lot of people today in their world that they're just fluff. You with me? Uh, and I know in my world, I can talk about preachers that get up. And, and I'll tell you this. Some, some have asked, said, preacher, what happened to the coat and tie? You know, some of them said, I sort of like that. And, well, listen, I found out that, man, I sort of enjoy this, this uh, relaxed look. But I want to tell you something now. If you go and die on me and I have a part of the funeral, I'm going to wear a coat and tie at your funeral. I'll even do it in July if you die hot. Hot weather. But one of the reasons is this, is that somewhere we need to deal with this issue of this fluff. Hmm. We clean up well, but our heart is far from him. Ah. Or we get a stage or a platform and that kind of thing, and all of a sudden we're not the same person here that we are out there. Fluff. Sort of like cheese puffs. I like the crunchy ones. You know why? Crunchy ones don't have any hot air in them. Hmm? Oh, them fluffy ones, they look better than them crunchy ones. But they're just a bunch of air. Listen to me, you've had a good time without them, but listen to me. I wonder what we look like to God. Fluff. Then there's stuff. We run after this, run after that. You know, I've been wearing these shoes for a couple of years. I like them. You like them too. Many of you have complimented me. I don't have another pair like them. Some of you even come, well, you know, I like that sort of gray pair. You ought to get a gray pair like that. And then you can wear the gray pair with the gray slacks instead of those brown ones. But these are doing just fine. Fluff. And then stuff. We run after stuff. And call me a Grinch. Call me a Scrooge. But there's something wrong with the consumer mindsets that we have today. This driving thing that we don't look different. I didn't say that because manger offerings coming. I didn't say that, but listen to me. There's somewhere we need to realize, wait a second, and are, we, are we real and different? Or do we look like everybody else? He's not coming back for people that look like everybody else. He's coming back for ones that look different. Hmm. Think about it. Would the real child of God please stand up? Because the world is not seeing the consistency that they should see. Hmm. Don't worry about me, preacher. Realness. <laughs> Fluff and stuff and then rough. I hadn't said it in a while, but here's the fit and I'll move on. 
You cannot separate the vertical relationship with God from the horizontal relationship with other people. We say stuff. We leave tracks on people. We degrade folks. We downgrade them. We, we, we make all kinds of statements. I just want to remind you, the same blood that came out of Jesus' body for your sin came out of his body for your, their sins too. How can you be so emphatic because God broke my heart several years ago? How dare you think I don't love them as much as I love you? Hmm, hello? So that's what 2 Timothy, in the last days, when I think about people being real and they're not, here's what I think about many times, even the children of God, it's more about fluff and stuff and rough than it is about being real for Jesus Christ. I got a quick one to give you today. Probably could have been better in a different place. But I'm going to give you an acronym today for STAND, S-T-A-N-D. The acronym is this. When I think about the S and think about being real and standing for God, I think about what's seen. What do people see when they see your light? Hmm. Hmm. What do people see? The T, of course, is talk. <laughs> what comes out of the old piho? What comes out of that? Does it bring glory and honor of the Lord? That's huge for me. Y'all know that because I have a person of many words. Hmm. I have to watch it. What about actions? Isn't that the same thing as seeing? Oh, no, people see me, but then what am I doing? The A stands for actions. If we're going to be real, if we're going to be different, I think you should be seen different than the world. Amen? I think you should talk different than the world. I, I just do. You know? I think you should act different. Or, or do I live in the same world you do? Yes, this is highly convicting for me. <laughs> so much I didn't want to share it. Fourthly, what are we saying no to? Everything can't be yes. Everything can't be Okay. The scripture says the ones who God loves, he disciplines. So he shows me the yeses in my life that should be no's, and he convicts me of things in my life. Sometimes we should say no. <laughs> and then the D stands for direction. What direction are you going? And I love this. We had Glenn Shepherd here several years ago. He's over international prayer ministry. John Maxwell wrote a book entitled Failing Forward. I've had the, I've had the ear, and I've, I've listened to several as we talked about this through the years, names that I could throw out there, and you'd think, man, he knows some people. But a lot of it has been when God puts a major responsibility on your heart. One of the things that goes with that calling or it goes with that commission is the fear of failing. And I've heard it at least a half a dozen way from great men of God when they said it this way, where God convicted their heart and said, listen, you might struggle and you might fall and you might falter and you might even fail. But if you fail, make sure you fail forward toward me and not away from me. Isn't that good? See, we just need to see which direction we're going. See, it's not always going to be all victories, and we might not win the battle, but bless God, I read the last page, and we win the war if we stay true to him. Amen. To me, being real is standing. Hmm. Being real is standing. Being real is standing. I believe in everything about me. God's got enough people in the secret service, you hear me? Huh? God's got enough people that are banking on what happened in their life a long time ago, but they don't stand for him today. We've rationalized things so much in our life that this is okay and that's okay and if we're going to stand if we're going to be real in this day and age we live in I believe it's the last days then we need to be real hmm? not talking about perfection but we are striving unto it God help us to be more like Jesus in our life can you hear him say at the end of that program will the real child of God please stand up think about it 
probably before we meet again, there will be somebody in your life that needs to see realness. Did you know that? This next week, I heard this said a long, long time ago, if you want to see how you're doing spiritually, then just get squeezed. Some say when you squeeze an orange, orange juice comes out. <laughs> huh? By this time next week, somebody will be squeezed. Work, home, situation of life. Something will come up and squeeze you. What comes out when you squeeze?